Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. It is an open line Friday. We got folks on the lines. I will get to your phone calls, but I got to start with this story. It's just too good not to share. The headline in the New York Times, this story is out today. When climate change melts your relationship. (laughs) This woman, it's always a woman, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, She's a climbing ranger at Yosemite National Park. Uh, she and her boyfriend been dating for six months. He has a sailboat and he uses a kerosene lantern in the sailboat. And Allison, I better middle name is Karen Kaplan decided that her boyfriend needed to ditch the kerosene lantern that he loved. He needed to ditch the reliable kerosene lantern for an LED because it was more environmentally friendly. She couldn't let it go. She obsessed about it. She picked an argument about it. She couldn't just decide that, well, he likes it. It's not really harming anybody. No, 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 no. I teased him because he got up most nights and hit his head on the lantern. It spilled kerosene. I wiped up the spill with a greasy rag and told him about a book I had been reading that listed kerosene as one of the dirtiest fossil fuels. I often wished I had a headlamp when Doug asked me to read aloud to him. My already poor eyesight undoubtedly worsening as I squinted under the dull glow of the lamp's flickering wick, but it made everything feel romantic. Reading Jack London's stories to my lover, his head in my lap, the sailboat gently swaying in the waves, a hundred sea lions barking like dogs and belching under the distant pier. That's romantic. (laughs) He was right. It wouldn't be the same under an LED. Still, I told him what I was reading. Kerosene burns dirtier, releases carbon dioxide and carbon monoxide, terrible for indoor air quality. I told him about initiatives in Africa to replace kerosene lamps and stoves with solar power because the kerosene was poisoning people, giving them asthma and cancer. Doug said, this really doesn't seem dirty. There's no soot, no smell. I think it's fine. I don't care about the carbon footprint of one measly lantern. He said, I like it. I'm not going to get rid of it. I hate that you're so apathetic, Karen replied. I'm sorry, Allison replied. You're being ridiculous, he said. There was a sharp, loud quality to his voice that I'd never heard before. The kind of voice of a man annoyed by a woman who just won't shut up and play cards. I tried to explain in six Not one, not two, but six different ways why this was important to me that he replace his lamp on his boat that I was freeloading on. 
Why the impending collapse of the natural world should be explanation enough for why I was upset, but I was done doing it with rage in my voice and it was coming out all wrong. He just kept repeating that he couldn't understand why we were fighting over this, which made me even more frustrated. He wasn't listening to me. He wasn't listening to me. I don't like your lantern on your boat that I'm living on with you. You must change. Oh, my. She sounds insufferable. I knew I had taken it too far, yet I could not stop. Your Honor, I'd like to note she's admitting her guilt. She's to blame. Doug, she admits, is inarguably not apathetic when it comes to the environment. He spent most of his adult life in the marine conservation field, working as a research diver gathering data on kelp forests and more recently working for National Geographic on the Pristine Seas Project. It was our shared love of the natural world that brought us together in the first place. We met on a 20-day rafting trip through the Grand Canyon. These two people smell ripe after that, I bet. <laughs> Still, I worry the big issues of the world didn't seem to affect Doug the way they affected me. Our political leanings were more or less aligned. We shared similar dreams for the future. I didn't understand how he managed to go about his life without succumbing to the same existential dread and anger that plagued me. Because he's a man! It was a strange space for me to navigate, envying his capacity to be content in such a flawed world while also resenting the privilege that allowed him to feel that way. And instead of explaining all of this to him, I picked a fight about a lamp. This is a woman who identifies as a woman. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble, aren't I? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. We shoved aside a couch cushion and pulled the fuel bottle from the storage compartment. Paraffin lamp oil, it read in blocky green font across the front. When I Googled, I learned that paraffin lamp oil is more refined than kerosene and lacks many of kerosene's impurities, making it relatively clean burning with fewer pollutants with the added benefit of not having the unpleasant odor. I looked at Doug dumbfounded, then stormed onto the deck to do the dishes. I had lost. But when you spend an hour fighting about a kerosene lantern that isn't powered by kerosene, nobody wins. No woman. Doug won the fight. But as we all know, men are never allowed to win the fight. Therefore, nobody won. <laughs> Doug offered to ferry me to the pier in a dinghy. of depravity he was gonna ferry you to appear in a dinghy inflated with carbon dioxide from his breath but i told him to go back to sleep i'd take the paddleboard <laughs> the sun had just crested the hills above the port you've been up all night arguing about a kerosene lamp that wasn't a kerosene lamp woman you need therapy the fisherman had left before dawn the tourists and beachgoers were yet to arrive, so the port was quiet aside from the small waves. 
breaking on the sand and the occasional splash of a pelican. What happened to the barking sea lions? They got scared off by her angry tirade, undoubtedly. I tied off the paddleboard. I climbed the rickety ladder to the pier where I pulled out my phone and texted him, I'm sorry. Six months later, we were pointed south with wind in our sails leading to Mexico. You mean six months later, he was still with you? Along the way, Doug taught me how to estimate the wind speed, how to set a course, and how to trim the sails. He taught me about kelp forests and the Madden Julian oscillation and the migratory patterns of whales. As we slowly made our way south, Doug reminded me why I had joined the environmental movement in the first place. His eco-conscious life had been driven by his awe of the natural world and also pure, it's almost childlike. And while mine started out that way, it had morphed into something driven by anger at what we were losing. Doug loved the ocean, and over the course of our voyage, he showed me a million reasons why. The simple, joyful life that Doug introduced me to at sea, powered by wind, sun, and ocean currents, gave me hope, and it reminded me there's a better way to fight. Dear Lord, Wow. I don't know. Is, is dude still with her? I, I I don't know that I would still be with this woman. That's a little bit psychotic sounding to me. I mean, to be that upset. Good gracious. These people, environmentalists, have got to be the most miserable people on the planet. Are they not? They wonder if that, that's why Gra- Greta Thunberg and her resting face look all the time scowling. Greta scowling. Just unhappy. The world is going to end. You know, uh, Greta Thunberg apparently deleted a tweet where she said that the world, would, there would be some economic, uh, environmental calamitous tipping point by 2023 if we did nothing. And yet here we all are. Had to delete the tweet, apparently. These people, uh, this woman, and, and then to, to to push him on an LED. By the way, uh, LED bulbs, according to some environmental website, may not be as great as we thought health and environmental risks from the LED bulbs they foisted on all of us. At least he didn't use a compact fluorescent light where then it, it broke and you got mercury all over the cabin and, and you couldn't even go to the cabin unless you got mercury poisoning. At least he didn't do that, but come on. Here, here's, here's actually the thing that blows my mind the most about this piece is this woman writes this in the New York Times, confesses this in the New York Times, and probably doesn't have any idea how she comes across as a psychotic nut job who admits she's raging against the world because the world is going to die, except it's not. The eschatology of these people, the, the, their theory about the end times of the planet is so awful, it breeds terrorism. It's why every major movie villain for the last 30 years who's been a worthwhile villain has been an environmentalist. From Thanos to the, the Wachmadiggy Society and the Godzilla movies wanting to destroy the planet to save it. Because environmentalists believe you can do everything right, but as long as Doug keeps that stupid kerosene lamp, we're all going to die eventually. The world's going to go to hell in a handbasket because of Doug and his kerosene lamp that's not even a kerosene lamp because he won't get an LED bulb. It must be miserable to live your life in absolute existential dread. The world is going to end because your next-door neighbor bought an SUV. These are bitter, bitter, malcontented souls. 
and we should laugh at them. I have not only converted my entire family to bull and branch sheets, but a lot of my friends as well, because I actually believe in them. You can feel the craftsmanship. And the amazing thing is that these sheets get softer every time you wash them. Don't believe me. Give them a try right now. You can get early access to bull and branches spring sale. You use code Eric. That would be my name. E R I C K and get 20% off today at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch B O L L A N D branch.com. The promo code is Eric. Exclusions apply. See the site for details. I got to tell you guys, these sheets are designed for incredible night sleeps. They're made without toxins. They're free from synthetic pesticides, formaldehydes, harsh chemicals. They fit really deep mattresses. And I've got a thick mattress, and they don't shrink up, which is great. Take care of the sheets. The sheets take care of you, and you get a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. And right now, use code ERIC to take 20% off today at BolandBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com, promo code ERIC. You, my friends, can call in. It's an open line Friday, and the phone number is 877-973-7425. Kyle, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. Hey, thank you for your time, Eric. I love your show. I listen to it all the time religiously. Thank you. Um, um, I'm the president of the Parent Safety Alliance in Atlanta, Georgia, specifically DeKalb County. We were founded the week after Uvalde, Texas. And during our process, I've developed legislation that was presented to the Atlanta City Council that was passed unanimously to allocate Georgia's budget, some of the Atlanta city budget and Georgia's budget to school safety. That was back in September on the 12th of 2022. Since that day, we've grown. We've developed an anti-bullying campaign founded as a 5013C nonprofit. We've been hosting local meetings at the old historic DeKalb County Courthouse, which is a museum now in downtown Decatur. And the most important thing that I think would be significant with you and one of your largest sponsors, Patriot Mobile, is I invented an app called the Kids Safe app or, or All Safe app that's specifically for school safety. And what this app does is it pairs an off-duty police officer on his day off with any school that needs coverage. It could be a public school or a private school. And it gives the police officers that exist now an extra job. And it allows the police officers to pick up any shift in front of a school within whatever geofence they set in the app. Wow. And we don't have to train any new police officers. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I think this would be a wonderful way to develop a nationwide solution to give police officers more work and make pe- people feel safer at school. They don't have to go in the school. They just need to sit out front mm-hmm. in uniform with their car. Well, that, so that, okay, your, so give me I the app name help. again. Well, the app that is called the School Safe, the Kids Safe, or the All Safe app. It's in development with Crowdbotics right now, and I've taken this thing all the way as far as I can get it, without exhausting my family's personal personal savings. Mm-hmm. And I need local sponsors to and, and big businesses to help fund this app nationwide. And the reason why is we have a rewards program that we've integrated into the app that. Anybody that reports something to see something and say something successfully and prevents a crime will get rewarded by local businesses with gift cards. And all the businesses I spoke to in the Atlanta area want to do it. But uh-huh. since I've done this and the day of September 12th, where it was my, our legislation was unanimously passed in, in downtown Atlanta, 
I have been receiving huge retaliation. I was interviewed by Homeland Security. I was arrested and charged with harassing phone calls for calling the commissioner's office in DeKalb County, Georgia, asking him and begging him to help us. I have been targeted with drone surveillance and people following me and my family everywhere we go, and it never stops. And I'm, I finally got the courage to speak out and call your show after what happened the other day because my kids go to private school in DeKalb mm-hmm. County. And what that shooting happened the other day, man, it has just got me, it's got me scared to death for my children's safety. They go to a a, a Christian school, a local in the Atlanta area, and there's no police there at all. There's nothing. Well, you know, I got to tell you, and Kyle, I appreciate the phone call very much. And our, our kids school uh, has finally done what I think a lot of schools are going to have to do, particularly private schools can do this more easily than public schools is... Uh, allow teachers to go through a gun safety training courses, those who feel comfortable and wish to carry on campus. And um, I'm aware of actually a private school in the metro Atlanta area that uh, the teachers are, several of them are armed and they're kind of the designated first responders on campus. You know, one of the things we've seen with not just school shootings, but the the riots after the George Floyd situation, and other situations, is you look at you look at if you're in the car, look in your rearview mirror for a minute, and make eye contact with yourself, or look in your reflection somewhere, your computer monitor. You who you are seeing in the reflection, you are your own first responder. When someone calls nine one one, is going to take me. It took uh, 13, 14 minutes. Uh, four minutes once they were through the door at, at the Covenant School in Nashville, but about 14 minutes between uh, getting there and, and assessing the situation, going inside. Um, you're there sooner because you're already there. You're your first responder. And there is a movement among private schools around the country now to allow teachers who are comfortable, whether having had military training or the like, to be able to be armed on campus, to be able to uh, defend themselves in their schools. I, I actually was having a conversation with a friend of mine in Mississippi the other day, their private school. They actually paid for certain teachers to go get uh, training to deal with school shooters and uh, paid for a week-long training during the summer to make the teachers comfortable with the situation uh, to be able to go in. And, and the, the, the parents and the kids aren't allowed to know as part of their security program which teachers are armed and which aren't, and you just assume that most of them are. And uh, it has given a, a peace of mind to the parents and the students that uh, there's going to be someone on campus armed, and I just don't understand the reluctance. We had the caller from WICC in Connecticut yesterday that Chris Murphy blocked legislation on putting armed security personnel in schools because it didn't also ban the AR-15. We need security in schools. And we're back this open line Friday, 877-973-7425. How's about we go to Stacy? Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. I, I want to go back to your conversation this week about the shooting and guns and how the Second Amendment is not going to go away. And I got to thinking about what has changed in our world. I grew up where um, the young men in my high school would go out hunting in the morning, from, from the woods, they would go back to the high school with a loaded gun, a loaded rifle in the back of their pickup truck, hanging off the window, door, windows down, doors unlocked. Guns haven't changed. As you said, the Second Amendment is not going away. But what has changed is our acceptance of anything goes. 
We've got violent entertainment. We've got the Internet out the wazoo, uh, social media, the breakdown of family, the absence of fathers and faith, the lowering of morals. I mean, look at the books allowed in school libraries now. Reality TV, where any type of behavior is celebrated, every issue is either political or polarizing. You have your choice of pronouns. No one can define what a woman is. Uh, kids are globbing on to a handful of diversity labels. There are no boundaries. It's too much. How can a person, a young person, handle or process any of this? No wonder mass shootings and the abuse of guns is happening to our most innocent and our most vulnerable. By the way, Don Parsons here in Georgia sucks. <laughs> you know, I, I, I actually had it. So speaking of Don Parsons, for those of you who weren't here yesterday, so Don Parsons is the Republican representative for Cobb County in the state legislature. He's been there 30 years and has said he supported school choice, said he would vote for school choice. And behind the scenes, we now know was sabotaging it, voted against it. And a colleague of his in the state legislature emailed me last night from the state house and said he pulled Don's voting record. Don Parsons literally voted for every single piece of legislation except school choice this year. Uh, that was the only one he could quote. They, they, they actually passed or, or attempted to pass a version of the Green New Deal, and Don Parsons voted for the Green New Deal in the Georgia State House, but voted against school choice and yet said he would support it. So, uh, Tyree there. But, Stacy, thank you for your larger point. Uh, you, you know, it, it is we are screwing up the next generation. We're, I mean, we, we're telling them that they can choose to be a boy or a girl. And there are actually 60 Minutes, I think it's this Sunday night, 60 Minutes is running a um, 60 Minutes is running a story on people who choose to raise their children genderless so their child can grow up and pick their own. This is just a rather absurd thing. Um, the, the genderlessness of a child, you know, more and more parents actually do discover that as their kids grow up, that the male and female traits become apparent. For example, I have read multiple stories of parents who decided to raise their children to be genderless such that, um, they didn't, their boys weren't given Tonka trunks. The girls were. The boys were given Barbies, blah, blah, blah. And inevitably, the boys gravitate towards the Tonka trucks. The girls gravitate towards the Barbies or whatnot. Not in, in every case, but in almost every case. And the parents start to realize that, you know, there's a difference between boys and girls. The idea of raising a genderless child is insanity. And overwhelmingly, it has it is uh, white people who do it. It is, you, you want to talk about white privilege, the, one of the, the great lessons of white privilege is that your white privilege allows you to believe that you can grow up and choose your own gender adventure. Your white privilege, your white privilege allows you to take comfort in your atheism, and your white privilege allows you to ignore the shooting deaths of black children across America in the inner city and only care about it when there's a school shooting so that you can mean tweet people about gun control. There's your white privilege. 
877-973-7425. Frank, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Hey, Eric, this is Frank. Hi. really enjoy your show. I normally listen by podcast, but today I was listening live. Well, thank thought you. I'd give you a call. I thoroughly enjoyed your discussion of the English Bill of Rights, and I have a question for you. Were, were those rights, as expressed by the English, uh, coming from God, or were they from the king as his representative? Oh, that's a great one. Um, so the in the English Bill of Rights, they believed that they were their express and endowed rights, uh, and that the king's job was to protect their rights. They did not believe that the rights flowed through the king. This is something the American colonists adopted with the belief that um, their rights came from their creator, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, that there were rights enshrined within this overarching documents. But the English, most continental European powers believed that their rights came from the king, that the right the, the king was divinely appointed and the king then gave them rights. The British believed that actually God gave them the rights, also chose the king, but also gave the people rights. And that's how our American founding manifested itself. The two tracks, God gives us government and God also gives us rights. God does not give us a government that then gives us rights. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they separated out uh, the rights coming from God explicitly. Yes. And is that the only document that has been constructed by man to reflect that? No, the Magna Carta is another. Uh, the Magna Carta also from Great Britain is another. And, and we should be real careful here in that. Um, so the British, if I, I don't want to get too academic with you, um, Frank, but so the British believe God gives us our rights. And then the what the English Bill of Rights expands upon is how those rights then, for lack of a better word, morphs into society. So God, per se, does not give us a gun right. God gives us a property right, and that property right is manifested in certain ways. So uh, God allows us, he has developed land for us to acquire and own, and part of that is a gun is part of that property right the, be, to defend ourselves. God gives us a right of self-defense, and so the gun right manifests from that. So the general application of rights, I guess I should say, come from God. The actual manifestation of those rights to something like a gun right or a right to be proven to be presumed innocent until proven guilty, those things are how society has manifested what has, God has given us. A little more complex, but more precise. Well, thank you for that clarification. Uh, I have another question if you have time. Okay. Uh, I'm a PCA believer, and I have a situation coming up this summer. We're having a family reunion, mm -hmm. and I have a nephew who uh, I haven't seen in a while, and uh, he's he, it's a, he's transitioning, and I've been talking about how to handle this situation amongst my family members. And I come up with all sorts of uh, recommendations. Some want to affirm him by using pronouns and all that sort of thing. And others say, well, just uh, ignore him. So <laughs> I don't feel like that's what I need to no. do. So I just wondered, uh, as a fellow believer, how would you approach that situation? I, I, do, I don't want to ignore him. I, I don't want to affirm him. So what do I do? Um, I think you, you love him. 
make him feel loved, but also I think that you can't affirm the pronouns, and that's the most difficult one because it comes across as hatred and bigotry to not affirm the pronouns. And I have some friends who are like, yeah, maybe we should. No, I don't think you should because um, if Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, truth has to matter, and the truth is uh, that God makes us male and female. We don't get to pick. So by choosing a pronoun to go contrary to the way God made us is to be, I think, at war with truth, and we can't be at war with truth. So I would say if you can avoid the pronouns and call this person by their name, if legally changed, I they've legally changed their name. You may not like it, but that's who they now call themselves. But I would not try to make this person feel... Uh, out of place in the family, but to love the person, show you love the person, but also affirm your faith. And I think the best way that one affirms their faith in these situations is to recognize that Christ himself said um, to love your neighbor. And so you want to be welcoming to this person. And, and being welcoming doesn't mean you're affirming. It doesn't mean you are accepting how they have perceived reality being changed. It doesn't mean you accept their pronouns, but it does mean you give this person a seat at the table uh, and enjoy the presence of their company, however awkward it makes them feel. And if they can't accept that you uh, refuse to give up your faith to accommodate them, well, that's on them. That's not on you. Well, I'm glad you said that because my wife and I have been discussing that, and I I was from the beginning said I'm not going to recognize him as a, as a her, and she was hesitant at first, but she's come around to that position. So uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. So well, and, and yeah, Frank, I think that's it. And look, if 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 it's Bob has legally changed his name to Beth, I think you call Bob Beth because he has legally changed his name. He gets his name from his birth certificate, which he has changed. But uh, it may be Beth, but Beth is a he still, not a she. And if you can call Beth Beth without getting into pronouns, I think that's fine. Um, but I, I you, you still have to love the person because they're created in God's image. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your input. Enjoy your show. Thank have you very day. much, Frank. You too. Look, this is a complicated issue, and, and we actually live in a society now which believes that you cannot accept a person without fully accepting every aspect of that person, and I disagree with that. I, I'm from the camp of love the sinner, hate the sin. And I am from the camp that says we are made male and female by God. We don't get to change that. Uh, and there are people who say, like I played the audio of Char- Charlotte Clymer, the transgender activist, saying, God made me this way with a very deep male voice manifesting as, as a woman. He, he, I would just note that he hadn't taken, hadn't done a whole lot to make himself look female other than putting on some makeup. And it's you, you can't undo that. You, you still got your Adam's apple. Uh, God did not make you into something where you then go spend an exorbitant sum of money to have a lot of surgeries to change. Uh, that's crazy talk. If you believe God made you transgender and that you then get to take the the build the better body steps of surgery, that's not actually reflective in Judeo-Christian faith. And some of you will say that's mean to say, but truth is truth. It is not mean. And that's just the truth of the situation. It is very hard in family situations, though, to navigate this. And I'm deeply sympathetic to the people who are struggling with these mental health issues who just want to be affirmed. But uh, you've got an obligation to truth before you have an obligation to affirm a person. 
And if your truth is, and why is it always my truth and your truth as opposed to the truth, and the truth is um, we are made male and female. We don't get to pick it. And uh, if you can't accept that I'm not going to play your pronoun games, well, that's really on you. That's not on me, uh, and that's not on the truth. Now, we got to move on. Great call with Frank. I want you to have a great phone call with Advantage Gold if you're interested in using precious metals as part of your investment strategy. 800-450-2566 is their number. 800-450-2566. Why Advantage Gold? Well, they got the best IRA department out there handling precious metals. They've got great people who can answer your questions about using silver, gold, and other precious metals as part of your investment strategy, whether it's your 401k, your IRA, or your general investment portfolio, you want to ease the ebbs and flows of the market. It's going up and down. You got the topsy-turvy world turmoil out there right now. You got the stock market is crazy. Inflation is still high. It may be coming down some, but still very high. You need to consider reaching out to Advantage Gold at 800-450-2566. Let them answer your questions or let them answer the questions you have. They're TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company seven years in a row. They will give you a free gold IRA investment kit. All you have to do is call them. Just let them answer your questions. You'll see they're very gimmick-free. They're just matter-of-fact, very educational, very helpful. 800-450-2566. That's 800-450-2566. Tell Advantage Gold I sent you. Let them answer your questions. There's no hard sales tactics, no pressure. They just want to make you more knowledgeable, and they think if they make you more knowledgeable, you'll do business with them. 800-450-2566. All right. Um, so in all seriousness, we, we talk about these issues, and, and the rubber meets the road when it comes to science. And I want to play for you an exchange uh, between Riley Gaines, who was the University of Kentucky swimmer, who started having speaking up about uh, the NCAA making her and other swimmers have to swim against men who identified as women. And she's in a group, and she is talking to an anthropologist, an anthropologist Listen to this exchange. It's very important you hear this. I kind of forget, but I actually have a question for you. You being an anthropologist, which anthropology is the study of human civilization. Human. So if you were to dig up a human, two humans, and 100 years from now, both man and woman, could you tell the difference? Strictly off of bones. No, because it's a migraine. Now, it descends from there, and ultimately, when it clears up after all the chaos, he says, I'm not sure why I'm being laughed at. I'm the expert in the room. I have a Ph.D. I'm not sure why I'm being laughed at if I'm the expert in the room. Have any of you been to archaeological sites? Have any of you studied biological anthropology? Relying on his expertise, relying on his credentials, so... Her question to him is, if you were to dig up two humans 100 years from now, a man and a woman, could you tell the difference strictly off the bones? And the anthropologist says no. Y'all, I realize I'm Eric Erickson, talk show host, 
with a double major in history and political science and a minor in English and a law degree and a, a pending degree in theology. And I'm not a, um, I, I, I'm not an anthropologist, so you don't have to listen to me. But maybe you should listen to the National Museum of Natural History from the Smithsonian, which has an entire page on how anthropologists tell the difference between men and women based on bone structure. Uh, with the pelvic inlet, men have a narrower heart-shaped pelvic inlet. Female bone structure has an open circular inlet. The sciatic notch, men have a narrow one, women have a broad one. The pubic bone, men have a narrower subpubic angle where the two bones meet. Females have a wider subpubic angle. And uh, female hip bones are outwardly flared. Men are not. Um, Sex-related skeletal features are not obvious in children's bones. Subtle differences are detectable, but they become uh, very clear during puberty. The skull also has a feature that can indicate sex, though it is slightly less reliable. This is from the Smithsonian Institute's Museum of Natural History. Biological textbooks show the difference. Uh, the male and female pelvis are completely different. Uh, it is obvious if you were just to dig up the pelvic bones of a man and a woman, you could tell. You dig up the skull of a male and a female, you can generally tell the difference. And this anthropologist who says he has a PhD says you can't tell the difference. All biological textbooks, the Smithsonian Institute and the National Institutes of Health disagree with this expert who wants to rely on his expertise, and how dare you question him? This is what we're getting at. This whole movement is anti-science, anti-biology, and yet you're a bigot if you accept that and not along with me.